0: If you're walking through the valley song. time through the darkest night his light still shines God is good
1: Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. We have a good God. Amen. He's not evil. He doesn't wish bad for you. He wants the best for you. Yeah. Oh, thankful. Nice atmosphere, nice spirit. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. God bless you all that are here. Uh, already been made welcome. Some of our visitors, Brother Dean, Sister Mary Joe, and Kai from Calgary. We also have some people here from Ontario, Gid, Brother Gideon and Sister Lola, uh, if they're, I don't know where they might be, are they here, they're at the back, okay, God bless you, welcome you, nice to have you here, I think there's a Sister Odua as well that's there, there's, there's um, a lot of, a lot of connections, God bless you. And if you are a visitor and you haven't been made welcome, God bless you. And uh, if you're a regular, God bless you. And and, uh, anyway, we want to uh, thank you for the song this morning, Sister Anne. God bless you. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) Sister Anne will be traveling back to... Nigeria later this month because she believes the weather will not always be like this. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> God God bless you. She's here yet for a little bit. Sure is a blessing to have you. We appreciate your spirit and uh, may, may God enrich you. Thank you. We also uh, have Sister Ansa o- Ogu and she is actually traveling today. She'll be leaving to go to London to visit her daughter here. She's been here with us for a number of months, but we also appreciate our sister Ansa, and uh, we want to just pray that God will bless her and be in her travels, and the Lord willing, we'll see her back here again, but much like all the other Nigerians, it may not be in December or January. I don't know, but anyway, we appreciate that. God bless you. We also have another uh, person who's here for the first time. His name is Brother Mitchell, um, and uh, he actually wasn't even on earth last week, but Brother Jeffrey and Sister Alicia had a boy on Thursday, Mitchell Raymond Dole, and uh, I believe he's here this morning. So that's, that's wonderful. Three days into his life, four days, and he's in church already. I think he's got a good Good, good future ahead of him. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, brother Jeff, sister Alicia. Congratulations. Amen. God bless you. <laughs> Want to uh, just just give thanks to the young people that were here on Friday. There was a monumental task that was accomplished, and uh, for the ones that were here, I I feel like we need to just give you thanks because. Um, There there was probably 14, 15 of them, and there was a few of the brothers, but we had to move all the books out of the Sunday school class. Some went into storage, some went into other areas. It worked out to four tons of books, 8,000 pounds of books, and 15 people, and uh, there there were some brothers and a few sisters, and uh, we just want to give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Let's just sing a chorus, I'm amazed, I'm amazed that you love me.
0: I'm I'm amazed that you love me.
1: We just bow our heads this morning, heavenly Father. How grateful we are this morning to have such a good heavenly Father. How grateful we are, Lord, that you saw us and even though we were dead in sin and trespasses, though we were in the muck and the mire of the world and Lord with so many things that were unlike you, but yet you looked down and Father, you pulled us out and And Lord, even how many times in our Christian walk, Lord, how we've disappointed you, how we've come short of what the glory of God would ask. But Lord, you still keep loving us. You still keep looking to us. You still keep working with us. We thank you this morning. Father, we've gathered in today and as we now would just look to this service, we're asking you to come. We're asking you to take this into your hands. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the specials. Thank you also even Sister Catherine, how she worshiped. And we thank you for everyone that's here today. Those that are in other places, Lord, be with them. Those that are streaming, then be with them, Lord. Father, and and many are represented here. There's families that have lost loved ones. Lord, be with them, Father. Father, we just cast that net over everyone. Pray now this, you'll just take this service, Lord, and ask you would bless us together in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll invite you to take your Bibles. We'll go to the book of John, John chapter 10, John chapter 10. We just have one service today, and um, we... uh, in. For Thanksgiving weekend, so take the opportunity to fellowship, to... I believe that we, we need to encourage one another and admonish one another. It's not just all in church. It's it's about being a body. It's about communicating. It's about uh, being together one with another. So to, today is Sunday. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I also want to remember our brother Marshall and, and those that are going to be working with him. He's going to be doing a witnessing and uh, many have already contributed, but let's keep that in prayer, let's, and those that can be there and be a part of it, just pray that God would use that as well. Let's, in John chapter 10, let's just read verse 1, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. God bless His Word. You may have your seats today. As I mentioned last week, as we were, we were um, taking the subject on the way of the Good Shepherd, the the Good Shepherd, and I, I believe He is good, and I believe He is our Shepherd, and. We'll, we'll just pick some of that up, but we want to speak today on the way of a true shepherd. And um, we all are a part of this, but God has also set offices in the church. And so we, we want to just look at that a little bit today. If, if you have your, your Bible still open in John chapter 10, I just want to take a few moments with this. The setting in the beginning is... Um, the door into the sheepfold. And if you remember last week we spoke on on how a shepherd would have, uh, in, in the eastern countries in particular, they'd have a place at night where the sheep would go. But the shepherd would lay down before the, before the sheep, uh, in, in the door at night, and he would watch over them. So Brother Branham would say this, and he says, Jesus would say, I am the door to the sheepfold. I've often wondered how that meant, how that he stood at the gate and received all the people. Now, he's talking about people and sheep together. As they came in, I thought maybe that shepherd stood and numbered the sheep when they came in That I used to think that. But you find there's a difference. It's not the number, it isn't the numbering the sheep, but the shepherd himself becomes the door. There's a coral a, a corral with a place and a shelter. He brings the sheep, puts them in there, and then he goes and lays down across the door. And the shepherd, or the, and the sheep, or the wolf can't come in, or the sheep go out without crossing the shepherd. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? See, he is the door to the sheepfold. Nothing can come into the sheep unless the shepherd permits it. And if we've got the shepherd at the door, how secure and happy we should be. Satan can't touch you unless the shepherd permits it. And it's all for good, whatever it is. See what I mean? That's what he said. So I'm just reading a little bit of this to start. But he says... Now in the country, he says, I noticed, now he's talking about the Eastern ways, and, and I, I believe Brother Branham was trying to bring principles. The Bible is an Eastern book, and if you take certain things like the wedding ceremonies, if you, you take sort of the nature of things, Brother Branham is bringing those things from an Eastern thought. And as he would say, I used to think, until I went to the east and I saw these things. So now he's, he's bringing it to a way that we can understand the terminology of the Bible. Now he says in the eastern there's a shepherd and the people live by their sheep and the shepherd takes care of them. And he says, while I was in the Far East in India, a shepherd came down and was bringing his sheep. And I thought of that parable, my sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. Now, I I will just start with this. Now, so he is, Jesus is the door to the sheepfold. There's some underlying meanings in John chapter 10. And I'm going to bring them in a different direction a bit. But I want to just make some comments on this. So it says, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs in some other way the same as a thief and a robber. So the only way that you would have access to the sheepfold, if you're legitimately a shepherd, would be through the door. And, and, And Brother Branham would talk about this, and he would talk about gifts and callings, and he would say, and and, and we're we're bringing this now just from from Jesus coming down to a level that he expresses himself among us. So gifts and callings, he says, he'll put, uh, he'll send different gifts into it, and he says they're not just handed out. He says sometimes they... The gifts are are a part of God. God is like a great big diamond. A diamond has been chipped or cut in such a way it reflects many rays of light. And he said, so God has many ways of reflecting himself through the gifts in the Bible. And it says now, he says now, he is the high priest that's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He can be touched by you. Do you believe that? And he would say, now he'll bring a gift. And he says, a gift is not something that you take, that, that's, that's like you cut, take a knife or you do this or that. That's not a gift of God. A gift of God is some way that you have of getting yourself out of the way. And gifts and callings are the predestination of God. You are born with it. It's a little gear that you pull yourself in, but you cannot step on the pedal. So so the the gift if it's properly used, I, I learned this many years ago. I thought, well I, I speak at church all the time and, and you know they asked me to come one time to go back to the, the college that I was at, and they asked me to speak because I was in business, and I thought, oh, this will be easy. It'll be really something I'll just slip into. And, and I went up there, and I just had a few notes, and I thought, I'll just speak from it. And it went nowhere. Like, it was like, and I realized that when we're here in this role, you're working under an anointing. And the anointing is not just within yourself, but the anointing is within the body. And the body operates the gift. And the gift is a is God expressing himself to the people, but it has to be anointed. It has to be God called. It has to be operating in the channel that God wants it to operate in. We're going to take some time with that today. So it says here, he is the door, and I would say anybody that. Would, and Brother Bannon would speak it this way. Any man that's called to be a minister, if he's not born again, he says I, I, he says, he, "He, can't even go. A minister needs to lay in the presence of God. He needs to know God. He needs to know him. Because he's coming to a place where he is operating through the door, which is Christ. He's got to be anointed like God is. Now he says there will be others. He says there will be thieves and robbers that would try to come in. But it said, he that enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So Jesus is the door, but he's not going through himself. He's allowing an access for those that go through the door that he provides. And then he says in in verse 3, to him the porter openeth. Now, we we know that God has revealed Himself. He is He is God the Father, He's God the Son, and He's God in, in the Holy Spirit. Now, he's, he's not three different, he's he's one person operating in different in different offices. He's not three different people, he's one person. So he is the door, he is the word, he is the standard, he, he is that. He is also, uh, as it would say, the Holy Spirit, which I believe is typed out here as the porter. So if you go in by the door and you're walking with God and you're called to that place, then God opens a channel or an anointing for you. I love the way some of our musicians can come up here and they can just get in, they can sing a song, and and I would say I appreciate the gifts that are in the body. And I've always... (laughs) You know, the Bible says, earnestly desire the best gifts. I've always thought it'd be wonderful just to see how some people can sing and how they just slip back and that gift begins to flow through them. I I, I can hear a lot of gifts that if you look at even in, in, in gospel singing, that they are entertaining. And, and, and you could admire how they can hold those things. But I think beyond all of that, and, and I, I'd say those things need to be there. And, and, I, 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 and I, I would say beyond all of that, there's something that emanates from that gift that ministers to you. That's the Holy Spirit taking the gift and using the gift. Now there's not, not all the time do we get completely out of the way. But if we can get out of the way, God can work with us. Brother Branham would say, if, if, if William Branham can get out of the way, God can do things that William Branham doesn't even know about. Brother Dan and I were just talking in the office this this morning, and we were talking about how sometimes you have a song, and you think it'll bless so-and-so, and they say, oh yeah, that was all right. And then somebody else comes and says, wow, that song was a blessing. And, and, and you think it's the same with the service. You think sometimes, well, this will help. This will help in some situations. This will help in this. And, and yet somebody in a different place. We want to be led of God, whatever we do. We need the operation of the Holy Spirit. It's not just, just taking a position, but it's God in us all, through us all. And it's not just a minister up here, but as Brother Manning would say in the quote, the minister doesn't push the pedal. You push the pedal. And and we come to every service. Lord, use the gift in the channel that you want it to be. So to him, the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Now, whose voice are they hearing? The voice of the true shepherd. The voice, that's the voice we want to hear. When I I look in the Bible, I want to hear what he has to say to me. I want to hear him speaking to me. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now I, I, I'm going to come back to some of this may be in another service, but I just wanted to bring these few points in. And, and he leads them. He doesn't drive them. He sets the example. And, and that's what every one of us has as, 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 as you grow in life and as you, you have children, you want to set the example, not just by church attendance, not just by saying we believe this and this, but by the life that we live. And, and the way we do things and the way we conduct things, we want to be an example. And whatever our gift is, we don't want to, we don't drive people and say, you've got to do this. We, we want to be the example. The You know, when, when God expressed himself in pulls, it was, it was a pull, it was a tug, it was something. It wasn't a push. I'll push you into this. And sometimes we can get that way. But we want to allow the Holy Spirit to go before us, set the example, and then we follow after that. So whatever we're called to, if it's a father, if it's a mother, we set the example. If it's, if it's a position of leadership, we set an example that, that others can follow and go for it. So he says he, the sheep follow him. They know his voice, so they're not recognizing just the voice of, of William Branham. Uh, and, and as much as I, I love to put on a tape, and, and I, I'll tell you what, there's times when you've heard so many different things, there is nothing as reassuring as a tape is. Yeah. To put that, I'll tell you, I have confidence in that. And it wasn't William Branham. It was the voice of God that was in that voice. And there's confidence. They know his voice. A stranger will not... They will not follow, but will flee for him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So I'm going to go to verse 6 now. This parable spake Jesus unto him, but they understood not the things which he spake unto them. And, and so he's, he's telling them about sheep and a sheepfold. And, 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 and now he says they didn't understand it. Then Jesus said again to him, verse 7, verily, verily, says, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So I, 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 I view it this way. There's a lot of good things that can be said and gleaned even outside the message. You can put on a Bible uh, thing. I, I read, for instance, Spurgeon. I, and and i love some of i love Spurgeon's things some of the things he didn't have a full understanding of but i take the part filtered through what god has given us and i say i'm working with that and you can listen to to, to even even commentators on, in in on 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 the radio and different things and i say they bring some good points but the real anointing the real part of it i receive is is by what god has sent and, 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 and brought to us in this last day. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. For by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. I, I believe if, if you give yourself to God, if you yield to God, God will lead you into places that you did not know. And 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 I believe he's if if we can yield and, and the enemy he's always there to block that. Now, I'm, I'm gonna come to this part here in a minute. But but if we can yield to what God has for us, then we can grow and prosper and mature. Now he says here in verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So there's a recognition of, of how the enemy approaches. And he'll come and he'll offer things that may be appealing in a flesh realm. He may have offer things that, that may appeal to, to us, but the end goal of a lot of those things is not what Jesus' end goal is. He is, in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Okay, we, we'll, we'll come to this here in a moment. But the hireling, who and not the shepherd. So a hireling is somebody who doesn't care for the sheep. He's just there for a position. He's just there because I, I got this duty, I, I've got something in it. But, but God's wanting to go beyond just that of a hireling. Listen, this is not just for for somebody that holds an office. This is for every one of us. If if you come to church because I got to come to church, otherwise somebody will say something about it. I'd say we need to go deeper than that. I don't want to be here because I have to be here. I want to hear because I want to be here. Christ, the mystery of God revealed... If you're, the minute those church doors open and you don't want to be there, check it, your experience with God, he says. And there's another part to that. It's not just about being in the church, but he says, to fellowship with your brother and sister. Oh my, okay, it's not my focus. But the hireling, not the shepherd who, who, not the shepherd who's owned the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he is a hireling, and he cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and am known of mine. So I, I I I like all these things. Verse 15 is the last one. As the Father knoweth me even so know I the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. Now, there's, there's some principles in here that I, I, I would will refer back to, but I just wanted to read that. Sister Ruth, if you can put the PowerPoint on, just go to the fourth slide if you don't mind right away on this. So I'm, I'm going to use this a little bit. I put some things together that I, I really wanted to... Use visually, and sometimes descriptively. It helps us a little bit. I don't want to do that all the time, but once in a while it, it really does help us. So, this is where we, we read last week. Psalms 23. And uh, I, if, 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 I, if I could just say this about this. Brother Duane, you can go ahead. You can, you can, I think it'll help just visually if you turn the lights here. I'll have this on for a bit. The Lord is... Okay, I'll I'll do it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. You talk about a good God? Hey, this is a good God. He's my shepherd. He watches me when I don't watch over myself. I shall not want. This, This is... It changes your desires because you begin to rest in not like this age which I can get everything I want. No, Lord, I know you'll send good things to me. If I trust in you, it's not what I can gain, but it's what you're bringing to me. So I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside Look at how personal this is. Yeah. Listen, this, this put yourself in here. Think about, put your name in there. He restores my soul. I'll tell you what, there, there's so many aspects of this. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What valley is that? The one we're walking right now. I will fear no evil. There, there's times that if you look at the news too much or you do things, I'll tell you what, it doesn't do a lot for your, your confidence in where this world is going. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into all of that this morning. But I will fear no evil, for why? Thou art with me. <laughs> thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm going to go just a little further because I want to just pick that up. I I use some of these. The Lord is my shepherd. So we see him. He is, that's his position today. He's not just the shepherd of end time message tabernacle. He's the shepherd of other flocks. He's the shepherd of a worldwide flock. He's watching over them. He's watching in Africa. He's watching in Trinidad. He's watching in India. He is that God. I believe that. And I, when I see things, well, you think this is wrong over here. This is wrong. Listen, God will straighten everything out. He will bring a people into unity. He makes me, as we read already, he makes me to lean, lean in green pastures. He leads me by, by waters. I'll tell you what, when I go for a walk sometimes, I sometimes like to go where there's a river or a lake or something. And I don't know what it is, but it's soothing. It's calming. I, I, I love that when, when you can come to that place. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Not, not because of our reputation, but because God is God. He says, that's my son. That's my daughter. I'm going to lead them this way. I'm, I'm going to restore them if I need to. So he, he, he knows the path that we take. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and staff, I touched on this last week, so... Sometimes we go through rough patches. Brother Bannon would say you go through briars. You go through different things. That's when you need to know your shepherd. Why? Where, where did you learn of him? You learned of him because he brought you into good things. And he brought you here. And now all of a sudden you may go through a rough spot where it's not the same. But you need to recognize I can trust in him. He led me. He will keep leading me. He will guide me through this part. Do you believe that he's still our God today? And then then he takes you through mountain passes and places where there's there's danger and all kinds of things and predators. But he's watching over you. He doesn't take his eyes off of you. This may be very simple yet, but let me move along here. And if you fall or you stumble, what, he's there to pick you up, to lift you up. Why? You're, You're following him. And he's watching. He doesn't lose one of them. Listen, Jesus Himself gave the parable of the 99. He, he's the one who who, who gave uh, I just lost it here. Okay, thank you. He, he's the one who who, who who knows exactly. So if you look, what does he have here? He has he has a staff, but he also has a rod. Thy rod. So the rod, if you take it, is a short club-like device. The staff was longer, thinner, a hook or a crook at one end. And he says, the rod was there to administer uh, protection. Sometimes the rod is also there for our benefit too. You know know how you you can tell God loves you? Because sometimes he corrects you. He'll come and he'll actually point something out in your life and, and you'll say, I don't like this, but it's for our good. And after a while you learn, Lord, thank you for correcting me. But he also uses his staff. He uses it to show love for his sheep. He rubs it against the sheep's back, pulls a shy lamb closer. The rod, the staff, they make you feel like you're safe. I'm, I'm glad that we have somebody looking over us. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. We, we're just touching on some things we touched last week. The shepherd will... If if there's there's because there's insects and different things and he and the sheep pick these things up, he comes and he anoints it with oil. He he takes care of things and and, and helps drive these things out. It says shielding them from insects and, and anointing is a, a blessing and a protection. So so sometimes there's things within us that begin to creep up, but this is the nature of God. So he leads them, he doesn't drive them, he leads them, he brings them into the sheepfold. He, he's the door to the sheep. He's the good shepherd. And, and he says, surely goodness and love will follow, and, and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If he showed you mercy when he called you, that mercy doesn't stop. Doesn't stop when you fail. Doesn't stop when you go through a rough place. His mercy, surely it will follow me all the days of my life. Okay, I'm, I'm really coming to the place I want to get to. He's leading us. He's directing us. Okay, so I, I read Psalms 23. I'm going to take a couple of quotations here. He's, Brother was talking about David because David wrote this Psalm. David, he was a shepherd. That was his beginning. That was his root. And then he says, why did he choose David? David was always talking about still waters and green pastures. He was the psalmist that wrote songs and played on his harp. And there must have been something about David tending sheep. He must have been a real sheep herder. One time, a bear came in and got the sheep. He killed the bear. A lion. He got that lion. Now listen, look at how he puts it. David, he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He was a type of the good shepherd. He was the son of David, the real shepherd, the king. So God began to reflect himself, his nature, into David, who was the king, who, was, who had a heart like God's heart, who was going to be the first king, the, well, the second king, but he was going to be God's choice. Now look, look at the nature. I'm, I'm really going to reflect on this a little bit. God's always likened his people to sheep. I'm going to drop down to the second paragraph. When a sheep is lost, he's absolutely helpless. If we go to the yellow part... He can't find his way back. He's totally helpless without a shepherd. That's the way the human race is. We are absolutely, totally helpless without the shepherd of the fold. We can't find our way back. In the message, the contest, Brother Bannon would say, Satan is so shrewd. He is such a slicker. He said, he can have you twisted up in your mind so quickly And I'm saying this for a reason, because the devil's attack is on the minds of the people. And and, and he's attacking us. He's doing all of these things. He says, now, but David, look at, so the sheep were helpless, but what did he have? He had a shepherd. That was God's order. David was a hunter and a shepherd. He wasn't contaminated with the things of the world. God has to get a man away from the things of the world so he can get him quiet, so he can listen to God. That still small voice. Then once in contact with God, he becomes fearless then. Notice, he doesn't care what anybody says. He's been in the presence of God. David, listen, David when he was there in in the hills of Judea, he was with the sheep, And God allowed things to come that was training David. It was bringing him to a higher place. But but he was doing it. Listen, he says, one day, God permitted the bear. Oh, you mean, yeah, God permitted the bear to come in and get one of his sheep to show what was in David. David took out after that bear. And he says, no doubt, when he prayed a little later, He prayed and asked God. He was the caretaker over that sheep. He could not lose that sheep. He must save that sheep at all price. I want to just share a couple of things along the way personally here today. Years ago, there's a brother in Africa. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was a a brother. One of the brothers, as Brother Harold went, that was young in the Lord, nurtured him, and he'd come up. And after a while, he got caught up in, in one of the movements around the message. And Brother Harold was on a mission trip, and, and he said, I've got to stop where I'm at now. I've got to take a detour. He went to that country, and he met that brother, and he pleaded with him. He says, Brother, you're caught up in this. Don't you see where it's leading, where it's going? And the brother was, was so, so touched that Brother Harold left where he was on his trip, to take this time for a couple of days to come and talk to him, it changed him. It turned him around. And he just saw the grace of God in that. Yeah. Friends, our, our duty is not, well, they don't go to our church, no? so, so be it. They left because they were not of us. I'll tell you what, something's wrong with that attitude. Okay? Yeah. This, this is not just up at the top. This is all of us. And I, I appreciate, I, I just need to say this about some of our deacons. I appreciate how they go out and they, somebody isn't, maybe where you just recognize something's not, something's going on. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Why? Who told you? Nobody told us. It just, it shows. Something's, I, and I would say, that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have that attitude in a church. That attitude needs to start at the top. It needs to start where, where we say, listen, let's do all we can. Yeah. And everybody has a different angle. Brother Marshall has a burden to do what he's doing. That may not be the same as somebody else's. But I say, let him do it. And, and if God will bring fruit to it, what wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. So we, wa- we all have it. Others have a burden just, just to build up and establish. Others have a burden just to keep them in the center of the road. All of these things are part of, of a sheepfold. Okay, so he says, so God permitted that bear, so what he could display, so God could display himself through David. Okay, listen, Jesus gave us the parable of the wheat and the tares, and the wheat grows up, but the tares grow up too. And, and sometimes, you know what, we, we need to recognize these things are going to be around us. And, and we need to say, okay, but help us to have the right spirit. And if we need to, and, 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 and Jesus gave it in Matthew 13, he says, let them grow. God's going to separate them. But, but sometimes we need to be diligent about this, okay? So he says, now he must shave the, save that sheep. What was God training him for? God wants his shepherds to save the sheep. Oh, brother. (laughs) I'm going to go back to the service on Wednesday. I got the sword. Let's just go in and cut this thing to smithereens. Pardon me? It's the sword of the Spirit. Be careful. You might cut off a good head with what you're doing. Why, we need divinely led, uh, we need God to lead us in all these things. Yes. So the sword isn't just a sword that you use to cut things off with. But the sword needs to be very appropriately used and measured. Okay? So, so there, I'm, I'm, I'll come a little further. He wants his se- shepherds to save the sheep regardless of what has to be called, and what he has to go through, save them sheep. And then he's seen that David was gallant over this bear. He raised the power of an animal a little greater. He sent a a lion in, took one of the lambs, a lion. So once something happens, then something more. Now, now, this is all a part of God because God's nature is he wants to be a saviour. He also wants to be a comforter. He wants to be the one who stabilizes. So all of these characteristics need to reflect in us. Okay, let's go a little further. The heart of a shepherd expressed. I'm going to use a few scriptures. Isaiah chapter 40. Behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. His reward is with him. And his work before him. Now, if you remember Jesus, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said, The fields are ripe for harvest. Pray ye that the Lord of the harvest will send workers into the field. Yeah. So God wasn't gonna do everything himself, yeah. but he wanted it to be expressed. He wanted his heart, he wanted his nature. To reflect into the sheepfold. Yeah. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. So somebody who is younger or a lamb, remember remember Jesus talking to Peter? Peter, feed my sheep. Yes, I'll do that, Lord. Peter, feed my sheep. Yeah, I, I, Lord, I, I'm getting it. Peter, feed my lambs. So sometimes the lambs are treated differently than the more mature sheep. And, and somebody that's younger and growing, you give more grace for that situation than you would for a more mature sheep. And you want them. And if, and if somebody's come from somewhere or battling through something or, or something, we, we need to have discernment in how we administer the Word of God for the situation. So sometimes in a service, you know, we, we, we think, well, we're in the third pull. You know, I want the deep things. I want this. Once in a while, we need to hear about water baptism. Once in a while, we need to hear about family living Sometimes we need to hear about finances. Sometimes we need... Because these things are all part of the sheepfold. Sometimes we're up here and, and we need help down here. Up here isn't going to help you down here. I'm coming further along with this. Isaiah 44. This, this is... This, I, I put this in here because it just shows how great God is. So... Isaiah is such, such a wonderful book, so many things that it's, it's a type of the whole Bible. It's the one that, you know, we, we could look at. He says, now, he confirmed the word of his servant. He performs the, the counsel of his messengers. He says this to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, this is God's word to Jerusalem. This is, this is they're going to go into captivity. But he says, Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. He thus saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up to the rivers. Now, he speaks to a king that is not even on earth yet. This king is not on earth for another hundred years. But look at the Spirit of God speaking through Isaiah. He said, Thus saith of Cyrus, What is it? Everything is a tool in the hand of God. Communism is a tool in the hand of God. He's the shepherd. Thus saith of of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. He shall perform my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, what? There was actually four kings during the time that Israel was in captivity. And Cyrus was one of the kings that God used to allow Israel to go back and start establishing the country again. But where did that come from? That was God, the heart of a shepherd, saying, Even to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built, and to the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Now this is a hundred years before this ever happened. Whose heart is being expressed here? Oh, look at, Cyrus is just such a good guy. No, he isn't. He's a servant in the hands of God. Ah, our current prime minister is such an evil guy. We can say that. Okay, maybe you think it the other way. I don't know. But I think, no, he's just in the hand of God. You could take that right to home. Ah, my boss is so... Do you believe God has your best interest in heart? He may allow something to test, to mold... We can go further with this. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say. I want to allow God to minister to you. He goes right into the next verse. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, this heathen king. He's anointed, yeah. whose right hand I've holden to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. So. This king is going to perform what? The heart of the shepherd to Israel. I will go before thee, make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of grass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, Cyrus, just in case you get lifted up, this is not you. Just in case you you start reading the polls and, and you find that all the Israelis think you're a good guy, this this isn't really you, Cyrus. This is me in you. He says, This is me, he says, I the Lord, which called thee by name, I'm the God of Israel. Friends, we need to recognize the gift that we've been given. The gift that God sent to Elijah was to us. I will send you, Elijah the prophet. It's not just a tool that we can use to shoot. No, this was the heart of God to us. This was my message. I treasure it. I reverence it. Now he goes on further to express his feelings. Now, which is what I love about The overlap of the church ages and the seals. The church ages tell of what God did to each age, but the seals represent the anointing that overlapped those ages. We'll go to this here as we move along. But now he's telling him, Cyrus, they're going to look at you. They're going to see these things. But here's what's behind all of this. I'm doing this for Jacob, my servant's sake, and for Israel, my elect, which I have called by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, there is none else, there is no God beside me, thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none beside me, I am the Lord and there is none else, I form the light, I create the darkness, I make peace, I create evil, I the Lord do all these things. Oh friends, if we could rest in that then we won't fight so much with what's going on around us. Yes, we need to resist evil, but we also need to recognize, Lord, you're in control. You are the great shepherd. You've got our best interest. I, I, I would think it was terrible for Mary and Joseph, and, and you know, if, if you would look at it through the sympathetic eyes, you know, here's Joseph, and, and he knows what God has done, and he's saying, How can this wicked king cause us to have to go at the time she's expecting and great with child? We've got to go all the way back. I mean, this is terrible. But it was God's will and purpose being fulfilled. Our disappointments are God's appointments. God is in charge of everything. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 3. Turn, O backsliding Israel. Now, they're in, now they are in, this is Jeremiah. He was the one who was in the time that they were in Babylon. And Ezekiel was a prophet with them in Babylon. Jeremiah was one back in Israel. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. As, as the song was sung on Wednesday, Return to Zion. I, I, I love that song. And here's what God says. Now, I, this is what I want to do, but here's how I'm going to do it. I will give you pastors according to my heart. Somebody who cares for the sheep. Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Okay, just, just let's, let's move in. So this is the heart of God. Friends, I, I believe this wasn't just put in the Bible just so that Brother Ed can get up and have something to preach on this morning. This was put in the Bible because we all need this. I needed a pastor. I needed someone that God could work through and express himself to me. Jeremiah 23. This is, Jeremiah 23 and Ezekiel 34, they're not necessarily texts that ministers open up, but I'm opening it up, okay? So let's, let's take Jeremiah 23. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Now, that's, that's like the hireling Jesus was speaking of. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock, you have driven them away, you have not visited them, behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings. Now just, let let me just stop here for a minute. There's some churches in the message. I think Brother Dioka, I think he's got 14,000 in his church. In, in, in Congo. He would be pretty condemned if you took this literally. You have not visited my people. Well, by the time you have them scheduled, some of them are going to pass on. <laughs> some are going to do this and this. You can't be there. But you enter in to where the people are at. You have them on your heart. I, 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 I just had somebody on my heart earlier this year and, and And I just didn't know why, but I was praying for him, and it was a week or two, and then I was just talking to Brother Allen, and I go, they've been sure on my heart. He says, oh, did you not know they've they've had two or three deaths in the family? I said, really? Oh, man, I didn't know, and I called them up. Why? Because you're in tune with the Spirit. You are there, friends, and that's not just for here. That's for every one of us. Sometimes we need to, God puts somebody in your heart, I'm just going to reach out and call them. I'm going to, you know what, God bless you when he does that because that's the Holy Spirit operating through the body. That's the heart of the shepherd through the sheepfold. I think that's wonderful. I, hey, how many like it when you're really down and, and you just feel like, I, I've prayed, I've read my Bible, I've done these things, and I feel like, where are you, Lord? Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm the only one? Okay. Okay. Um, where? Are and then out of the blue somebody texts you sends you a note and all of a sudden you say you heard me Lord Amen. you heard me Amen. that's God working through his body that is the great shepherd when you're thinking where am I going to find this brother and all of a sudden he shows up at the job site you're at how do these things happen because God is the great shepherd Okay, that's verses 1 and 2. Now, look at his heart, verse 3. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them and I will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse 4. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. But where does it start? With a heart. How did David start? Because he took the responsibility. And when you take the responsibility God gives you, he'll give you more. When he sees your attitude about how you are with, with little things, how you, how you take care of your goods, how you treat your neighbor, how you are to the people in your workplace, and how you are in your family, he'll give you more. Oh, oh! listen, this, this may not be operating in the anointing that, that is the eagle anointing, but let me, let me just operate on this anointing for a while. I need to, to be here. The reflection of the great shepherd on earth, Ezekiel 34. I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my shepherd David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. I am the, and I, the Lord, go, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Now, there is there's a wonderful quotation And I I don't know if I can find it real quick, but I I wanted to share it on on, um, Wednesday, and I didn't get to it. But Brother Branham said, I believe in the leadership of men. Brother Branham said it, Church Age book. Not men as ruling themselves, but the Spirit of God ruling in men. Now, this is not just up here, but this is in every one of us. Our gift is to set ourselves aside too often because we, we, we're, we're, we have two control towers. We have a control tower of the soul, control tower of the flesh. Here's the flesh. It's upset. It's frustrated. I'm going to lash out. And who has not done it? Raise your hand. Okay. Nobody raised their hand. That's perfect. You've all done it. I've done it. There's times when we've operated by the flesh, frustrated, angry, angry. But there's other times God gives us grace. I'm about to send this text. I'm about to do this. It's all in capitals. It's got exclamation marks. I'm ready to send it, but I'm just going to pray first. And you go back and pray, and all of a sudden you look at that text. What was I thinking? Delete, delete, delete. That's the grace of God. I love how Brother Donnie would, would say it sometimes. He said, there's times I come and I'm just going to tear into that thing when I come to church. And then all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes in. Watch it, boy. Okay. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Hey, we're all human, aren't we? Anybody here that lives in a theophany yet? No? No? You're, you're, you're affected by your theophany. You're also affected by your fallen flesh. Okay? But, but listen, what are we talking about? God expressing himself. I, the Lord, will be their God, my servant David, a prince among them. I, I won't read all of this, but look, look at his nature. I will make them a covenant of peace. I'll cause the evil beast to cease. Ah, uh, they shall dwell safely in the wilderness. That's why I live on an acreage. And sleep in the woods. No, that, listen, it's not a doctrine, sorry. It's <laughs> not a doctrine. I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing. I will cause showers to come down in this season. There will be showers of blessing. This is the God that we serve. Yeah. I will make them one nation in the land and the mountains. There will be one king. Drop down to verse 24. And David, my, sh- my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall walk in my judgments, observe my statues, and do them. Okay. I'm going to use this principle. This is God reflecting himself. I remember Brother Tim Dodd was here and he spoke on badger skins. Sometimes God has a badger skin that he works with. And sometimes we see the prickly parts of the badger skin, the human parts of the badger skin. But God needs to give us grace to see the spirit behind it. Okay? So we all have those parts. Okay? But now... God wants to reflect himself. We, we all look at Moses. We all look at this. But now look at how God is distributing himself. And Moses said unto the Lord, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in. Now, Moses is is saying, let there be. Now, remember, God used Moses as a type. He used Moses, I will speak no more directly with man, but I will speak by a prophetic gift. And this will be the pattern that I will use. So he would use a Moses, a Jeremiah, Ezekiel. He would use Elijah. He would use John the Baptist. But it would be God speaking behind them. Okay? Now he says, Moses is saying this, now let them be, let they may lead them out, bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. Now I want you to look, this was, this was the heart of Moses. Now, look at what Moses had to put up with. He had, he had people rise up around him. He had Others who came up, even though God spoke to him and vindicated him, he even had within his family had, had things come up. When, when Miriam and, and, and Aaron, I'm not going to go into those things today. But but think about it. And then Moses, I mean, so much so that he says, Lord, uh, he, God God comes down and he says to him, separate yourself, I'll make a new nation out of you. But look at what was behind Moses. Because he was the door. The spirit of Christ in him. And Moses threw himself out the door. And he pleaded with God. No Lord, don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, God knew what was in Moses. And he said, Moses, I want to pronounce judgment. But thank God you're standing there in the breach. Thank God that the spirit of Christ is in you, Moses. Sometimes God is ready. He's had enough. But, but look at, that. that's the judgment of God. But look at the mercy of God. I won't, you can, you can go to Luke chapter 13. But, in, and I, I might come back to it at the end of the service. But in Luke chapter 13, there's a parable Jesus tells him about the, the Lord of the harvest. I don't know if that's the right terminology. But he sees this tree, and this tree is not bearing forth fruit. And, and he says to him, he says to the husbandman, which is like the caretaker, the shepherd, You know, you can't be a shepherd over a tree. You're a husbandman over a tree. But he says, this tree, he says, cut this tree down. It's not bearing any fruit. And and Jesus is giving this parable. Cut this tree down. You know what? If you're a hireling, absolutely. There he goes. This tree is giving me a lot of trouble. But no, the heart that was in the husbandman, no, no, no. Don't. Give it some grace. Let, let me fertilize it. Let me dung it. Let me try some more. Let me do something more. And, and, and God might come and say, so and so in the church has caused you nothing but trouble. That's it. I've had it. No, 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 Lord. Don't do it. Don't do it. Lord, give us a chance. Let me minister a little bit more on this. Let me do it. That's the heart of a shepherd. That's the heart of a father. God placed that in the church. You ought to thank God if that's there. You ought to thank God that we have my brothers in this church, deacons, who will care for people, who will go out for people. That you have ministers that, that care for people. That's, that's God. That's the Spirit. They throw themselves in the breach. They become the door. Amen. And as they become the door, God God says, oh, thankfully. Listen, I, 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 I'm using this because I'm pointing up here. This is, it's pretty hard to preach something like this when you're, everybody's looking at you and say, okay. Yeah, that fits, that doesn't, that da da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to throw yourself out here, right? So now I'm going to put it back on you. Did you know you're the door to your neighborhood? You're the door to your family? You're the door maybe to somebody in this church? And God is just about fed up and had it, but he says, now, what are you going to do? Abraham, I'm, I'm about to go down and destroy Sodom. What are you going to, what, what do you think I should do, Abraham? Lord. Lord. Go for it. <laughs> Here, here's my sword. No. Abraham began to plead 50, 45, 40, 35. Got down to five. And then the Lord left. And actually, God never left off Abraham's prayer because when he came down, it was Lot and his two daughters, three. And the angel came down and said, I I, I can't do anything until you come out because I've heard Abraham's prayer. Friends, the reason that we're still here because there's a bride, the Spirit of Christ lives in this body, not just this church, but in a worldwide body. Sometimes God shows you something about someone. And if you got discernment, you pick it up. But I'll say, along with the discernment, you need character, because discernment without character—I know the quote's the other way—but I'm just using it. Discernment without character can be can result in somebody's ear getting cut off. If God shows you something, oh, hey, I got to get on the phone and tell everybody. I'm sorry, that's not character. Before you ever get on the phone, say, well, okay, Brother Ed, thankfully you never hit me. Okay, before you ever get on the internet, that can be a text, that can be social media, that can, uh, hey, I just dropped this out for you all, but did you know? How are we gonna have the character to judge people if this is how we act here. God help us. God help me. All of us. I include myself. God help us. So he says. That the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep which have no shepherd. And then a couple of scriptures later. Moses wrote this. You know here's Moses. We think calling, calling judgment down. Calling all these things and, and here's Moses, and he says, and he writes this of himself. Maybe he preaches this in a service one time. And Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And the congregation goes, really? <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> you don't know what's behind. I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Brother Harold, because say, well, I could never talk to Brother Harold. Like, he is so bold. He was like, have you ever sat across from a man with his tears rolling down his eyes? Weighing heavy burdens. You don't know sometimes. We don't know what we bear as parents, what we bear as spiritual parents. There's huge things sometimes that you can't even, you can't even begin to tell. Moses, the meekest man, on the face of the earth, my. Let's go along here. So he says, now, just so that the sheep are not without a shepherd, Moses, take Joshua, a man in whom is the Spirit, lay your hand on him, set him before Eliezer, the priest, the priest, the intercessor, and before all the congregation, and give him a charge in your sight. Now, Moses, you put some of your honor that I gave you, I'm just interceding that, on him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Right. What? You're doing that, Lord, so you so that you get obedience? Yeah, because we need to know that God speaks to us. Not just in, in a tape, but, but when we come. Because... I'm going slow. It's sometimes easier, like, it's sometimes easier to be part of a congregation that's 2,000 miles away, or 50 miles away, or wherever. And, and, and it's not always possible. And why? Because they don't see everything. You know, you can be in war, and, and you can be the bomber, okay? Okay? I'm, I'm going to liken this to the evangelist. The bomber comes in. Oh, there's a target. Pish, flies on. <laughs> and meanwhile, down below, there's foot soldiers. And they're fighting the battle. And they got a brother beside them and a sister beside them. Sometimes they bear the scars of war. And God calls you to be part of a group. And sometimes we see this, the side the back part, and sometimes we see the failings, but somewhere there's got to be foot soldiers that are part of the team. Somewhere you've got to be there where, hey, you know, Nehemiah was called to build a a wall, and it wasn't, you know, a sword in one hand and and, and a tool for mortar in the other. So the sword, the ak forty-seven. Listen, that's not really good at laying mortar down. The trowel is not really good at shooting your enemy. But both have to work together. Why? It was a team. So, hey, that guy can shoot, I can build. Let me be part of that team. Well, I-, I want the gun! <laughs> yeah, you're not as good with the gun. Have you seen what you did with it lately? You just take the trowel for a while. Okay. that the children of Israel may be obedient and he shall stand before Eliezer the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord now this is really amazing Joshua you're going to have to stand before the priest to ask counsel of him <laughs> he's just a priest I'm Joshua the general no God's so set in, in the body that he had to be there. One of the greatest gifts I, I ever thought in, in the body that we had was Brother Lonnie Jenkins. And Brother Lonnie Jenkins was a teacher. And Brother Lonnie Jenkins had a pastor who was his son. And he had no problem going anywhere and saying, That's my pastor. You know who, who another brother is that's really good at that? Is Brother Cadre Diggs. Every time I fellowship with him, you know, Brother Cadre says, hey, I'm, I'm an evangelist. Do you know that a prophet and evangelist ride the same anointing, an eagle anointing? But he also had to subject himself. And so Brother Cadre, I don't think there's hardly a time he comes or I talk. He says, yeah, when I talk to my pastor about it, that's in this, this, this. And I, I think, but you're, you're led of God, aren't you? Yeah, but part of the body is to have somebody that you can talk to. That you can have counsel with. I I, I think that's a really good thing. Look look at how God set this in order. Now the priest himself was nothing. But the office that he was carrying. He had the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. There's there's two chapters in the Bible. That deal with leprosy. Leprosy is a type of sin. And, And if you look at it. And. And it wasn't like cookie cutter. Okay? The sin is such and such a way. Um, In each case, if you look, the two chapters, for all that they had to bring it to a priest who could judge the sin or the situation. Okay, let's not call it sin because nobody wants to be found in sin. But who could judge the situation and say, okay, based on that you do this. See a priest has the full picture sometimes. As observers we don't always have the full picture. See the priest he he will hear what is said in private and he's under confidentiality not to speak to everyone about it. But sometimes we have the equation. Okay, there's a quote for this. That didn't fit. Here's another quote. Here's another quote. Here's another quote. Therefore the answer has to be this. What is the priest doing? Well, you missed a couple of points in the equation and if we look with our thinking, sometimes we think, yeah, it should be this is the answer. Kick them out of the church. No. Sometimes it's, Lord, dung it around, dung it around. You're, you're too soft. <laughs> okay, listen, I, uh, I won't go down this way fully here today. Okay, I, I, I need to lay a little more background here. Okay, Ephesians 4. Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men. Okay, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he gave gifts unto men. Let's go down to verse 11. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Okay, so he gave these gifts. Okay, but I like the part where it says, wherefore he saith. So usually when you say, wherefore, or if you use another, it says, based on all of this, if you start a a novel, based on all of this, okay, what happened before? What are you basing this on? Wherefore, okay, so let's back up a step. Ephesians 4, let's go to verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one spirit, even as you're called in the hope of your calling. But because there's an enemy around us, says even into church circles it says, one says, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of this, but there's actually one body. Okay? Sometimes, as I said the other day, we become dogmatic when God allows differences. And other time, we allow differences, oh, that doesn't really matter, when God demands us to be Dogmatic. So there's always a balance here. There's one body, one spirit, even as you're called. This is all part of the wherefore. Before the wherefore. This is what God's purpose is. I always like this. I always like to read a scripture, and I like to read what was before and what was after. Because there's continuity. So what is it? To keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. So it's one God. Wow. You mean it's not just Cephas? No, it's not just Cephas. That's just a part of God. You mean it's not just Paul? No, it's not just Paul. It's not just the tapes? No, it's part of all of this. Right. Yeah. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that is before this part, right? That is before he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists. But what about after? What, what, what's all this going to achieve anyway? Well, the purpose is, it's going to start perfecting the stains. Uh, Moses, how, how are you going to perfect Moses? He just failed. He just, he just, he just slew an Egyptian and had to leave Egypt. How are you going to perfect him? I'm going to put him on the backside of a desert, in a tent, with a woman who's got a temper. Oh my! <laughs> But gifts and callings are without repentance. Gifts and callings, God only sees through the blood. But down here, Moses had to look not just through the blood, he had to see what God was doing in his character. And, and, and sometimes we don't see through the blood. Quite often your wife doesn't either. <laughs> Listen, and your husband doesn't either. We, we, all, we all have our backside. What I'm just saying is, there is all of these components that come into it. Okay? So, so now what is it? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Listen, before we ever get in the unity of the faith, we had Brother Paul Dirksen here. He spoke to the ministers, and it was just wonderful, and, and, and just spoke on it. And, but he says, there is, before you ever get into a unity of the faith, there's a unity of the Spirit. I might not see it like you see it, but I make allowance where you're at. Okay, and God does too. Okay, so I might not see it that way. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. I don't like this game. I'm picking up my toys and going home. Okay. Till we be henceforth no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind and doctrine, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up. This is the result of where we're going with all of this. Are you kidding me? I have to be put through all of this to get to this? Yeah, we do. That we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by which every joint supplies. Okay, so everybody has a part. Everybody in, in your, your natural body, everything has a part. Hey, your elbow, what, how does the song go? Your, the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone, and the thigh bone is connected to the... Well, they're all joined together with cartilage and, and all kinds of things. So, so, if you just rub the bones... It's not very good, but if you bring them together, and if there's some kind of a buffer between them, it does something. Okay? I, I, I came to church. I really feel like I needed predestination, and I got daily living. Well, okay, I'll yield myself to that today because maybe it helps somebody else in the body. Or maybe it will help. Somebody who's listening in, and Brother Branham is preaching, and he said, it may not be for anybody here, but over in the tape land, you may hear this, and this will help you. Oh, that's the God that we serve. Okay, let's go a little further. Okay, so the reflection of God's nature. Okay, I've got to move a little bit here. Now... Brother Adam would say in the token message, when God wanted to identify Jesus Christ, he identified him as a lamb. When he wanted to identify himself, he identified himself as a bird, as a dove. Now, I, I'll just jump down to the bottom. The nature of the dove blended with, blended with any other animal but the lamb, he says, okay, sorry. The, the two, these two natures came together. They could agree with each other. So if the spirit that's on us sometimes is not a dove-like spirit, it doesn't allow us to live the sacrificial life that we need to live sometimes, as simple as a gift getting out of its way, okay? So, these two natures. So, questions and answers. Brother Adam, how does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? That's a good question. Now, he says, I'm not going to read all of this, but he says, Your position in Christ is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. If you want to know whether it's the Holy Spirit or not, find out whether he blesses what you're doing. And if he blesses it, then it's him. Now, if I came here to the pulpit and said, you know, brethren, I got a revelation, I'll be the new song leader. And I came up here and I said, okay, I'm going to lead songs today. Well, you'd find out really quickly if he blesses it, or he doesn't bless it. Okay, I, I picked on myself. Okay. Okay, so that's God. Someone said long ago the Lord called me to preach. Well then preach. I, he says, Satan can, if he can get somebody to act like that and deceive them, that's what he wants to do. The whole world points their finger. Somebody can have a gift of speaking in tongues, interpretation, divine healing, but sometimes they're mistaken in those things. Sometimes they think they've got it when they haven't, so it's very tricky. Let me, let me say it this way. What's in your soul is what God has for you. What's in your spirit is is what you think God has for you. And sometimes our spirit, we think we're a certain way out here, but really inside, God doesn't have that for us. Okay? So now, this is it, brethren. Whenever you feel you're supposed to do a certain thing, find out if it's scriptural. Now, if your position, say you're an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, whatever God called you, see? Drop down, he says... I watch for myself. I watch the nature of the person and see what kind of a gift that they're professing. God will work with his creature the way that he made them. Okay? If you see them real flighty and going on, he said, now the Lord has called me to be a pastor. Now a pastor can't be a flighty person. A pastor is solid Sound, okay? Now, nature relates to the gift and the calling. God called me to a te- be a teacher. Watch how he interprets the words, see? If he gets all mixed up, then you can tell. Now, the thing is, your position is usually known whether you can do it or not. Okay, and I'm going to stop there for a second. Many years ago, I was just young in the Lord, and I, I came up for prayer one time, and just maybe a couple of years serving the Lord, and Brother Harold starts praying over me, and then he says, Lord, bless him in the ministry. What was that all about? I didn't see that, but somebody else can see that. Okay, so if you watch, sometimes other people, the gift makes room for itself, so I had, I had been at a speaking event or this and this. I'd shared some things, whatever. He maybe saw my... Pr- but sometimes we can see the way a person leans. Okay? So you can see that. Now, Brother Branham speaks about himself. When God called me to be an evangelist, I wanted to be a pastor. I thought staying at home here would be just fine. And the Lord called me. Finally, all the people got together. There's not one of them left tonight. This is Brother Branham speaking. They cried, and they went out here on 1717 Spring Street. My calling was an evangelist. This morning, laying right here on this cornerstone, if we could burst in uh, a fly leaf off my Bible. See, I wasn't a successful pastor. I never could be because I haven't got the patience that it takes to be a pastor. Now, this is quite an admission for Brother Branham to say. And there's people who want to make Brother Branham their pastor. I don't know what they do when they get to this quote. I really don't know. So therefore, if I tried to pastor, I would be just as far out as a pastor is trying to be an evangelist. See what I mean? You can see the way the Lord calls you and what your position is in the body. Now, Brother Branham would talk about going out hunting because he had that prophetic nature. He had that part of himself that he just wanted to be with God, hear from God, and he'd come back in. So so that was his gift. Brother Branham would also say hunting. He says, I'm glad I love hunting because I couldn't take golfing. Those, Those people holding those sticks and swinging around, that makes me nervous. Well, I can take golfing, but I can't take hunting. So everybody's natured a different way. And if you look at how God natures people, I don't know if you've seen some of the series on the Chosen, but you look at Matthew, he was like a numbers guy, details, things like that. He was a, he was a tax collector, but God used his nature to write the book of Matthew. Yeah. Luke, which was, you know, Matthew operated under an ox anointing, Luke, who was now more under a man anointing, he was a physician. He cared. He saw the details. He gave a different perspective than everybody else did. Why? He was operating under an anointing. Now God called Brother Branham to be a prophet. But to be a prophet, that's an eagle anointing, God had to take an anointing that was similar, which was an evangelist. So a prophet under the eagle anointing, he operates to a national level, You know, he speaks to the earth, to the world, and he says these things, and he says it right out. An evangelist operates the same way, but not to the national level. He's one of those bombers that comes in and drops things. He doesn't see the casualties that are down here. Brother Max, we love you. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) But who's got to deal with the things after? Some foot soldier, somebody down here, right? So, the way the Lord calls you is your position in the body. Let's go further. The reflection of God's anointings. I'm going to take just a few more minutes this morning. I won't read all of this, but John is seeing Jesus, the Lamb of God, sees the Spirit descending on him, and it says, upon whom you see the Spirit descending, remaining on him... The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. So Jesus, if you actually take, there's a, there's a quote in, in, in God's orders. He said, Jesus was all of the anointings. Jesus was a trustee. Jesus was a deacon. Jesus was a, was, was a pastor, was a prophet. He was all these things. But when he distributed himself, it went into different directions. So Jesus was the lion, he was the ox, he was the man, he was the eagle. So these four living creatures, and we know there's there's different aspects of it, and just to be quick about it, but these, these aspects are displayed over ages. The initial age, the ox, the dark age, no, sorry, the initial age, the lion, the going out bold, doing things, then It was all the same God, but the anointing then on on the Dark Ages was to take the burden and bear the burden. Then the man anointing, under which came Luther and Wesley and Pentecost, they all came under a different anointing, finally to an eagle anointing. So out of all of these anointings was God in all of them. Okay? But he also allowed Matthew in the Bible to, to write, the book of Matthew under an ox anointing, not under a um, lion anointing, Mark under the ox, uh, Luke under the man, and John under the eagle anointing. And if you actually look at Brother Branham, he quoted more out of the book of John than any of the others. Why? Well, he was operating under an eagle anointing. Now, now I, I just just give me a few more minutes and then you're going to be able to go here. Okay. Now he says a prophet is a special person. He's got a special job. God likened his prophets to eagles. An eagle is a special bird. He's just a bird. He's a special bird. He can fly higher than the other birds. He can see farther. So he is a ripper with a beak. So he's giving the characteristics of the eagle and likening it to the prophet. The prophet is a special man. The prophet is whom the word of the Lord comes to. The prophet is so designed that his subconscious and first com- conscious come together. He foresees things way off. He sees the things coming. He sees the cup of wrath before it's filled. So what's he doing? He's got a gift. Now, it doesn't mean that because we're not in the, in the, in the lion age or the ox age or the man age that God still doesn't use all of these He still uses all of these even under the eagle age we're in. Now, Brother Branham, because he thought I'm a prophet, I'm an eagle, he would go further. God says you're not called to be a pastor. Do the work of an evangelist, but you're a prophet. And so... He, he would even go farther with that. If you all remember, Brother Branham would, would talk about, you know, he would come and the gift was given to him and he'd have a prayer line. He started operating under what was called a miracle line. Bring me your hardest cases. And he would pray till there was a miracle over everyone. Well, he said, that was wrong, because it got to such a place that the people wouldn't have faith until they brought it to me. They didn't operate in themselves. He even had to talk on his own ministry. He said, I'm waiting for a vision. I'm waiting for God to show me. But I have to step out on faith. Yeah. Now, God has to work with all of these offices, okay? And I'm, I'm just going a little further here. The evangelist is a special man. He's a man that's burning like a fireball. He runs across the city back and forth, across the stage back and forth. Sometimes he comes down here. Sometimes he's not very tall. He's a special man. Okay. The teacher is a special man. He sits back under the anointing of the Spirit. He's able to take words, put them together by the Holy Spirit. The pastor or the evangelist could not compare with either one of them. What I liked and what Brother Harold showed and taught us was You don't just, because I'm natured a certain way, I'm going to bring in ministries like me. No, if you're a real shepherd, you'll bring in ministries that are different than you. And you won't be intimidated by them, and even if God uses them. Now, the apostle is a special built man. He's a setter in order. He's a man that's sent from God to set things in order. I'm not going to major on these for today. But in the church also, there's a pastor. He's a special built person. He doesn't fly with bombs and drops bombs. He doesn't sit under the deep anointing. Listen, he, he, this, this, is, this is quite a calling. He is built to put up with the fusses of the people. Oh, wow. Let me sign up for that one. <laughs> you mean that there's fusses in, in the people? Oh, there we go. Thank you for being honest, somebody. You mean that every problem is not solved from the pulpit? Yeah. Right. <laughs> if it wasn't solved in the time Brother Branham was here, how can it be solved here? It wasn't solved when Brother Branham was here? I thought he had every word. Why did he have interviews? Yeah. He said, at one place he asked, how many here would like an interview? Right. Everybody raised their hands. Because yeah. they had something they needed help with that wasn't coming from the pulpit. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, listen, we would call that counseling. But counseling is almost like a bad word. It's like saying, i got a mental health issue. How many would sign up and say, i got a mental health No, I'm plagued by spirits sometimes. That's a mental health issue. Counseling is an interview. Okay, let's, let's not use those words. Let's go for coffee. Let's just talk over coffee. <laughs> we need to do it. I need to do it. I have friends I do it with. A pastor is a special built person. He can put up with the fusses of the people. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I've had to design homes for a lot of people and sometimes it's not like commercial building. You know, you know, you know the guy says, yeah, we need an office, we need this secretary, receptionist, count, When you design a home, it becomes personal. One of the parties, I'll let you guess which one, says, I need a really big garage to put all my toys in. And the other party says, I need a really big closet. Because I, I got lots of shoes and clothes and things. And, and, and sometimes there's conflict. And I remember one time I'm sitting in a meeting, and, and this, this is, it will give you, pardon me if this is, is offensive here. I don't want I mean to be, but I want to be just down to the level we are. I'm designing a home. So, first of all, the man had his own business. He had lots of toys, and they had three boys. And when they were designing the house... He just said, all the kids are living downstairs, and I want a urinal in the basement. Okay, that, that's him. And she goes, no way! And then she's talking about the closet, and, and, he, and I remember the time, he says, can we just change this? And I remember him brushing her hand off and saying, you don't need that. Look, let's look at my garage here. I, I, I watched her eyes, and it was like, the, the, if, if looks could kill, there would have been a little pile of, of smoldering something here why and I'm going wait a second here because I, I could see where it was going I said just can we stop for a sec and I began to talk with him and just and after a while I said if we do this and we do this and then the man said okay whatever that's fine I kind of helped her and then the, the man said okay what did you what do you want to do with your garage you know and and she didn't care at that time because she got her closet I remember my one, this is a different situation, but I had a couple that I was working with. It was a similar situation. It was coming to odds. We always used to make the joke, this is where we have the consultation room. The next room is the conflict room. The last room is reserved for the lawyers to come in and help you with your divorce proceedings. But anyway, we're, I'm designing with, with our couple, and, and I'm coming, coming to them, and, and I remember he was out of town. They just came in. They didn't have a chance to talk. They're this and this and this, and, 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 and I could see... It was getting tense. I I didn't want that. I didn't. And I'm going, I didn't. I said, wait a minute. I'll make this work. I'll fix it. Year and a half later, I didn't know this, but the woman went to school where our kids went to school. She had a daughter about the same age as our kids, and she knew my wife. And I happened to be there for a parent-teacher interview, and I'm walking down the hall with my wife, and here's the woman that I was dealing with in that situation. Oh, that's your wife? I said, yeah, that's my wife. So, oh, your husband designed such a nice house for us and did all of this. That was really nice. I said, oh, that's great. So I, I went back. Work and I said I came home that night. And my wife says, "You know, after you left, she talked a little bit more to me." I said, "What'd she say?" She said, "Your husband saved our marriage because <laughs> it wasn't going good." And I'm going, "Okay, I, I, I'm sure I, I didn't have everything to do with it, but I'll tell you what, friends. Sometimes we need to recognize what our gift and our calling is. I, I, I actually, I want to be a missionary." I remember when I came out, I read a book on Jim Elliott, who was a martyr to the Indians and to the Ecuadorian Indians. And I thought, yeah, that's going to be it. And I remember going out on the mission field with Brother Harold, and it was dark, and I'm leading the charge. And then I felt something brush beside me, and I backed off and stayed with the rest of the team and, 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 and things. But that's what I wanted to be. And I'm reading all these books and things. And then we had a family and raised children. And all of a sudden, I couldn't go. And all of a sudden, I started to have to think about how I'm going to operate with the family and do things. And, 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 and it was different. And I began to read different books. And even as many times I'd preach, Brother Harold would plow the ground in the morning. I would come in the evening. And I, I'd, I'd preach a service and just, just like this. And people would come up and say, oh, that was such a blessing. You're a favorite preacher. You know, an evangelist will write off of that. But it's sometimes the pastor will plow the ground, not see any results for months. And I began to read books like, and I, I, I thought, I began to read books like Spurgeon, who was a real pastor's pastor. And I began to see how he handled things. I remember one time Brother Jewel Forney came here. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm lingering. I'm, just, just give me a few moments. Brother Jewel Forney came here and I wasn't preaching that morning, Brother Harold was not well, he was, he was sick, and I was, I, I, so normally I'd go down to my office and prepare, well that morning I started praying, and as I started praying, all of a sudden I found myself not going for a service, but now I'm starting to pray for people in the congregation, and this had been happening for a while, I started to get more burden for people, and, and I'm praying for situations, situations, and Brother Jewel Forney comes, he ministers, and as Brother Jewel's custom was, he'd come to the end and say, anybody need prayer? we'll pray come we just start praying and brother Harold came and I came and and I was burdened for brother Harold just because of his condition and things and 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 then we are we're coming and we're praying and then I noticed something all these people that are coming for prayer were the ones I was burdened for that morning and I'm going lord you're in this i don't know what you're doing but you're in this friends it's not a put on what we do we follow the way God has made us. And, 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 and that may change a little. And, and as we mature, it has to change. So, he puts up with the fusses of the people. He's a burden bearer, the ox of the team. He's a man that can sit down when somebody's got something against someone else, sit down between two families, take neither side, and reason it out and bring it back into sweetness. See? He's a pastor. He knows how to take care of things. He's not the bomber. He's the one down here. Okay? I'm just going to share this quickly. We, we have a soul. We also have a spirit. We also have a body. We like to operate on the soul realm or think, I wanna be ministered to in my soul realm. Tell me I'm gonna make it. Tell me everything's good. Tell me I'm predestinated. But your soul actually needs a spirit to contain it, and your spirit needs a body to contain it, and it needs to work its way through. So we, we, could, we could go through all of these realms, but we're not gonna spend time, but there's a body with five things. There is a spirit with five senses, and then inside there is the spirit which operates by faith or, or um, faith or doubt. So this is just another picture. So there's influences. Now the gene of God. You're, you're heavenly. You got a theophany. You're perfect. You're immortal. You're sinless. You live by the word. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You possess the Zoe life. You got the real view. This is the realm the prophet works in, quite often. I mean, he was more than a prophet. I'll come to that. But these are all of those things. But at the same time, while there's a heavenly, there's also an earthly. There's also a flesh. There's also the imperfect. There's also this. There's all of these things here too. And both need to be ministered to. You can't just rely. You know, you, you, uh, listen. Just, I need one more example here. Sometimes you're counseling. And, and, and maybe one party leans more to, well... I love the message. I love the revelation. I love the deep things. And then the other party says, they're not taking care of matters at home. They're not dealing with things correct. They're not doing this. And, and so you need to talk. I don't want to say, I don't want to use a pronoun. You need to talk to her or him. And and, and so I just had to talk to you. He says, do you believe the message? Oh, absolutely. I'm predestined. I'm this and this. How's family life? Oh, they'll line up. If they're called of God, they'll be. okay. That's somebody who's listening to the eagle anointing all the time. Hey, I love to listen to conventions. I love it when God moves and does these things. But sometimes I got to go back home and face reality. Did, did, did you talk to my spouse? Yes. What did he say? Oh, he's unmovable. He's, he believes the message. He's unbendable. <laughs> but he needs to be bent. <laughs> So, so there's two anointings. So, God sends different anointings into the church. He sends one anointing into the church. Okay? Now, let me just take these two schools of thought. We'll wind down with these scriptures. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Predestinated. Always will be. Eagle anointing. Now, there's this other guy. So, who said that in Romans chapter 5? Paul. James chapter 2. Who's James? Just a pastor. Just a pastor. James, if faith does not have works, it's dead, it's not. It's alone. A man says, I've got faith, I've got works, show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. So, you believe there's one God, the devils believe, also tremble, O oh, man of God, without faith, uh, without that faith without works is dead, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and works was faith made perfect? Okay, so, but but God just said, God looks at my faith and I'm perfect. And James, who's James? He's just a pastor. What what does he think he's saying? God sent that anointing. He says, because I see, you know, I, I can see this, but you know, Uh, this is another subject, but you need character to speak the word. The word's got to be spoken on earth. It will be spoken on earth through a body that's yielded to him. But in order for that to be spoken, there needs to be some changes on daily life, daily things, in order for that, that, that eagle anointing to operate through this. So the two have to come together. So there's these two schools of thoughts. Paul was speaking of what God saw in Abraham. James was speaking what man saw in Abraham. Do you believe the message? I absolutely do. God sent a prophet. I just saw you speeding through a red light here today. Ah, but God sent a prophet. (laughs) Yeah. So here's two anointings. This is the eagle. There's a line here. This is the eagle is looking at this man. He's perfect. It's perfect. Here's the ox down here. Yeah, that may be true. But I also see this side. These two have to come together. These anointings have to be brought together. Both are, God put this in the church. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, and so often we take Brother Branham, this is the example, this is, I don't need this down here. Listen, you need somebody who's a foot soldier with you who will understand you. Yeah, he'll, he'll tell you you're perfect, but I know what you're going through. Let me help you a little bit with that. Do, do you see where you need both? Right. Listen, I've been watching this service, and there's some husbands looking at some wives, and some wives looking at some husbands. You need both. Trust me, I can see it. You need both. I need both. There's times, I, listen, you, you, you can't just live down here, I've I got to take a rapture. Well, let's have musicians come. Maybe you're you're like me. I remember when God called me, I thought, the rapture could be any day now. I'll never get married. Nobody's ever thought that, I know. I'll never get married, and we find ourselves praying, Lord, just hold off the rapture (laughs) so I can get married. So the rapture is under the eagle anointing. Marriage is down here. Oh, if I could just be married and it would be bliss. And we don't think beyond marriage. We don't think about raising children. We don't think about the mess on the walls. We don't think about, like one sister told me, says children were three, four years old. There's a line, like from the kitchen to the bathroom, when, wash your hands. And as they go, they're gripping the wall all the way down to the washroom. And you can see this line of grease all the way along the thing. We don't think that we've got to live on this earth with an eagle anointing, with the rapture, but we've got to live on an ox level sometimes. We've got to know. Okay. I, listen, I, I didn't, I, I just thought, if, if, I, if I can just get married before the rapture, but I didn't mean I was supposed to wait 30 years. <laughs> That doesn't apply to me. I've only been married 29. Hey, friends, do you see this? there's both sides to this? Do you see? Even Brother Branham, he went way on the eagle. Sometimes we expect the eagle anointing every service. And sometimes God is ministering right here where we need it. There's a value to both, friends. God put these things in the church. Let's stand together. Thank you for being patient this morning. How many love the Lord? Amen. Amen. <coughs> well, my sheep hear my voice. Can we, can we sing a chorus or two of that, maybe, Brother Dan? <clears throat>
0: my, my, my sheep hear my, my voice, voice and come <throat> at my follow wherever i go my sheep know my voice and they come at my call but a stranger's voice do Still waters. I. Leave.